In the name of Jesus. Do you have a favorite preacher? I have a few that I love to not only read, but for those that are still alive, listen to. And sometimes you read and listen and you wonder, where in the world is he going with this? So let's start today with Isaiah, shall we? A great prophet and preacher from the Old Testament. And today he says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Comfort? Really? In the words of Arnold, one of my favorite Different Strokes TV characters from childhood, what you talking about, Willis? God has not given me any comfort. Besides my recliner or my favorite hobby, where is this comfort, God? I've screwed up. I can't do anything right. And what about what I hear and see every day? Deaths from COVID that keep rising. The fear I live in every day. It's keeping me from family gatherings. It's keeping me from doing my job. It's keeping me from earning a living. It's keeping me from spending more time with my loved ones who have died and those I'm separated from. It's keeping me from a good education. Yada, yada, yada. I am in jail. And the list of the sinner's questions and complaints, your questions and complaints is long and lengthy, which is why God still speaks, preaches to you. It is what Christ established, a church on earth fulfilling the Father's command to speak, to speak tenderly to Jerusalem, to cry out, to lift up your voice. And he does this today, through his church, through preachers. Thus, every advent requires a look at another preacher, St. John the Baptist. Jesus calls him, quote, more than a prophet. Jesus calls him the greatest. You might say that John is Jesus' favorite preacher. John the Baptist is the final prophet of the Old Testament, and he is a bridge between the two Testaments. Born a mere six months before Jesus, he represents, though, another age. The last prophet before John was actually Malachi, 400 years earlier. But the arrival of John on the scene was not to bring another golden age of prophecy, rather it was to bring all prophecy to fulfillment in the final prophet, the word become flesh, Jesus Christ. Thus, there is essentially no difference between John and the rest of the Old Testament prophets. He, like the rest of them, preached Christ. What sets John apart is the fact that he lived to see Christ in the flesh. He baptized Jesus. He also grew up with Jesus and was actually his cousin. 
Now, while John is probably best known for his stern and uncompromising preaching of God's law, repent and be baptized, he ought to be known to us as a gospel preacher, a preacher of true comfort. And that is what he was. It was John, after all, who identified Jesus with his bony finger as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was John who confessed that he wasn't even worthy to stoop down and untie Jesus' shoes. And it was John who sent his own disciples to Jesus so that they could see and hear for themselves that he really was the promised Christ. St. John the Baptist was the model of all Christian preachers who summarized the attitude that every preacher should have about Christ. He must increase, and I must decrease. And so, in our gospel text for today, John the Baptist, the greatest prophet according to Jesus, is anything but comfortable. He is in jail, locked up, and awaiting his beheading by Herod. Think your life is rough? But John was faithful in his preaching, faithful in his crying out, faithful in lifting up his voice to not only preach the law, but also give the life-giving comfort of the gospel. And this is the job of the church and faithful preachers. So yes, John preached the law, and he did so without compromise. He wasn't like a reed shaken by the wind, bending to public opinion and saying what he thought the people wanted to hear. No. He demanded fruits of repentance. And he warned his hearers of religious hypocrisy. He even called the hypocritical Pharisees who came to him to be baptized a brood of vipers. He told tax collectors not to collect any more money than was legal. He told soldiers not to intimidate people for monetary gain, but to be content with their pay. He publicly condemned public sin. Do you remember Herodias? When Herodias divorced her husband and married his brother, John condemned the sin as sin. All the while knowing that her new husband, King Herod, had the power of life and death over him. As a matter of fact, it was Herod who threw John into prison, jailed him for what he preached, and later he was the one who had John beheaded. And this, this uncomfortable situation, is where we find John in our gospel text for today, in a very uncomfortable position, in jail. So where does John turn, this last and greatest prophet? What does he do next? Where should you turn when you find yourself in uncomfortable situations? John turns to the gospel, and he directs his disciples to Christ, which is what every faithful and great preacher should do. Listen carefully. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? 
Now, some folks think that John sent his disciples to Jesus because he doubted that Jesus really was the Christ. And at first glance from the text, it certainly appears that way. And it would be understandable if John harbored doubts. After all, he was in jail. Surely, that does something to a man. And not only was he there in jail, he was there unjustly and uncomfortably. He had done nothing wrong, at least according to civil law. Indeed, he had done right and followed God's command as a prophet and preacher. He publicly condemned Herod's disgusting sin. So perhaps John had doubts, since he too was a sinner like you and me. But perhaps, just maybe, he was also still doing what he had been sent to do. Regardless, where is the gospel, you ask? Where is comfort for John, for me? Good question. Let's listen to Jesus' answer to John, shall we? Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news. Oyangelion, gospel, preach to them. You see, Jesus joined his actual work. What he did when he walked this soil, joined his work to the Holy Scriptures, showing that he was the fulfillment of the promises of God. This is how he answered the question whether he was the coming one. Jesus showed himself to be the fulfillment of the Holy Scriptures, and he thus showed himself to be John's comfort and yours. So why do you look elsewhere? For comfort. The healing of the blind, the lame, the lepers, the deaf, and the raising up of the dead all demonstrated his power of life over death. They pointed to the truth of his preaching. And the point was the preaching, the poor have the gospel preached to them. That is what marked Jesus as the Christ. And that is what marks a preacher as a minister of Christ. The gospel is preached to the poor, to the uncomfortable. And don't forget that the law is also preached for the sake of the gospel. That is, the law prepares you to receive this gospel, this precious good news. The gospel is not another law. The law tells you what you must do and not do. It teaches you to love God, His name, and His holy word. It teaches you to love your neighbor as yourself, and the law condemns you for your failure to obey. And this, this is truly what makes you uncomfortable. And so as an uncomfortable sinner, you ask such questions. Why can't the eyes see? Why can't the legs walk? Why can't the deaf hear? Why disease? Why COVID? Why all the restrictions on my life? Why death? Sin. Sin is why. Sin is what has brought the entire human race into bondage 
to sickness and death. But here comes John, pointing with his bony finger to Jesus, both for himself and for his disciples and for you. Because when Jesus demonstrated his power over sickness, physical handicaps, and even death itself, he demonstrated his power over sin. So when he preached the gospel of the forgiveness of sins to poor sinners, they knew, and so should you, that he spoke with true authority. And so the gospel is the means by which God brings comfort to sinners who are sorry for their sins. The law reveals the guilt of sin and makes us afraid. The gospel preacher cannot preach the gospel without preaching the law. John was a law and gospel preacher. He identified sin and also proclaimed Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He pointed to Jesus as true God and true man, the Savior of sinners. Thus, Jesus speaks to John, to you. Go tell John, Jesus says. Go tell the sheep, he says to us preachers. You tell John that his preaching was not in vain. You tell him that he will remain in that stinking prison, that he will be alone, waiting not for release into the fresh air of freedom, but waiting for the corrupt and wicked man who put him there to kill him. You tell John the reality of sin, but don't you dare stop there. You tell John that in the face of death, he has eternal life. For you, I have come. And Jesus not only says this with words, he does it. The gospel is about what Jesus does and continues to do. He gives the blind their sight. He enables the lame to walk. He cures lepers of their leprosy. He gives the deaf the ability to hear. He raises the dead. He shows and manifests his power as God himself in the flesh made manifest for your good, for the good of the whole world. The gospel is about what Jesus does. And what Jesus does is always an attack on sin. So much so that he becomes sin. He takes all of the uncomfortable and separational realities of your flesh, your mind, your soul, of the entire world upon his shoulders. Jesus becomes the one who is condemned to death, who is jailed. Jesus is nailed to the tree talk about uncomfortable. But yet even there, Jesus yet preaches from the cross. Seven last short sermons that we focus on every Good Friday and maybe should pay more attention to throughout the year. And then this greatest preacher, God in the flesh made manifest, dies. God dies. That's what your God does for you. That you might have true comfort, real comfort, 
true assurance. Real assurance. Forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. So thanks be to God this day. What great Gaudetta rejoicing joy we should have. Thanks be to God for the preaching of Isaiah. The preaching of John the Baptist. For Christ. For the church he established that yet continues. That such preaching should still be done. For your comfort, your true comfort, is in the gospel. And this gospel does not demand anything at all of you. The gospel is good news. The poor, you and me, are those who see themselves as poor, miserable, uncomfortable sinners who have no hope in ourselves because we cannot overcome sin and find our way back to God. So repent. Stop defining comfort by what you feel, think, and see in this world. Repent and hear the gospel. The gospel tells you that Jesus Christ is your Savior. And that your sins are forgiven. That in the midst of death, there is yet life. And so it is not what you must do to make God gracious and find or earn comfort in this life. The gospel, the good news, is what Christ has earned and given to you. Bringing you to a high mountain, to Zion. Bringing you to Christ's church. And I hope that's why you're here today. I hope that's why you continue to come to this place. Because such comfort is thus given to you in your baptism, in the Lord's Supper, in the precious absolution. Comfort comes in the preaching of gospel of turning to Christ. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about preaching. I'm talking about the advent of our God. I'm talking about the gospel preached by Isaiah and then John and to John about the gospel that is yet preached today through his church. For God is yet gracious to you for Christ's sake. And thus, you have comfort, true comfort in Jesus Christ. Happy Advent in the name of Jesus. Amen.